Welcome back to Work Women. Today, we are gonna find out if you are too controlling. Now, if you are already here listening to this, it means that you might be a little too controlling. And why is that? Only somebody who has a little bit too much of a control issue would listen to a podcast asking, are you too controlling with your team? So it's okay, listen to me. It is okay to have control. I wanna make sure you hear this. At Cardone Ventures, we have a high degree of control in the environment. When we are assessing whether or not you are too controlling or if there's too much of just that overreach in the environment, what we are not talking about is creating just this loosey-goosey place where people get to do what they want, when they want, there are no rules. No, absolutely not. However, there is a balance of being too controlling as a business owner who is not willing to go after new opportunities, who is not willing to spend the strategic time that they need to be working on the business because instead they are controlling things, they are suffocating things too much by working in the business. So the macro what I want to accomplish through today's podcast. I wanna go through the difference between too much control, too little control. But then I'm also going to be giving you the steps for how you can start exercising the right type of control while still giving the, the freedom and flexibility to team members to be able to do things on your behalf. So let's take a step back here. When you started your business, like maybe close your eyes for a minute. When you started your business, what did you think it was gonna be like? Just imagine, let yourself imagine for a minute. Did you think that you would be able to have this incredible team that was aligned with you, that was working with you in order to achieve your goals? Did that look like being able to have work flexibility to where you could potentially work from anywhere and you had the, the freedom to make the decisions of where you work and when you work? What did that picture of business ownership look like? Once you have that clear and solidified, now, Let's get back into present time. How is today different from what you thought it was going to be? Or maybe even better yet, when you see how other business owners are running their businesses and you think about their challenges, the ones that are successful, do you really think that Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk or Steve Jobs or Bill Gates are still worried about returning a call back about an invoice that a customer missed? or they are following up with their front office person about making the outbound phone calls that were a requirement for their job? Probably not. So this picture of what's possible for business ownership in an ideal scene is also in alignment with why you started your business and the life that you were trying to create. We're not big believers over here in work-life balance because you get one life. You work in your life and your life is your life. So how do you strike that balance? Well, in order to get to where you wanna go with your work structure, you have to learn how to duplicate what you do with your teams. And this is the scariest jump for most business owners. It's the jump from me being the person that's responsible because quite honestly, I'm good at it, right? You as a business owner, you're good at the things that you do. You're good at ensuring that you're following up with those customers. You're good at closing that sale. You understand your marketing and the brand positioning. Whatever it is that is your special sauce that you feel very confident in, there's a reason that you choose to do that. 
And that's because you are good at it and you know, and you have confidence in yourself. But in order for you to get to where you want to go, you have to learn how to have confidence in your ability to train other people to do it. Now, don't mishear what I said. I didn't say you have to have confidence in their ability. See, when we hire new team members, I'm not just assuming that everybody has the ability to go and exceed my expectations. That would be a silly way for me to start hiring team members because what you've likely found in your journey as an entrepreneur is people let you down. They don't do it the way that you would do it, which is the ultimate reason for why you gain back the control once somebody has done something wrong. So then the perpetual question becomes, how do you set up team members and have confidence in yourself to be able to do that over and over and over and over again in order to scale and grow a team that you believe in and that is in alignment with what you're building? Let's just dive on in to how we do this. For some additional context, uh, I am the executive vice president of operations at this fine company called Cardone Ventures. And over the last two years, we have hired 75 team members, 50 of which I was involved in every single interview. I was involved in every single onboarding, every single process duplication, all things bringing on a new team member was my responsibility. So when I'm giving you tips about how to go from one to three to 10 to 20 to 50, know that it comes from a place of true experience. And in addition to the true experience, we don't just have 75 team members and we're just floundering around as a business. We are highly profitable and we'll hit our target of generating $40 million in revenue this year. So again, this is like no joke advice. Uh, and one thing that I am very proud of is anything that I talk to you about in the Work Woman podcast comes from experience. It's not me just like pontificating or throwing darts thinking, hey, maybe this would be something that's helpful or, hey, maybe this might work. No, it's things that we do. So with that, how do you get your confidence up around duplicating yourself with your team members? The first steps, you have to come at training from the standpoint of showing them. Show me what to do. So if I'm going to ask somebody to make outbound phone calls at Cardone Ventures, the first thing I'm going to do is not just have them make outbound phone calls. I'm also not just going to assign them to random training that wasn't helpful for me when I was making outbound phone calls. The first thing that I'm going to have them do is literally see how to make a phone call. This might look like in your environment, having somebody watch you, i.e. show you're showing them how you make the phone call. Right? So you, you call a client. Ideally, you're recording these things. This is a pro tip. But ideally, in front of them, it's 20 outbound phone calls that you make. You're going to get a wide variety of objections or people hanging up. Maybe you should even do 100 phone calls, depending on how much time you have. But at minimum, it should be 20, where on their first day, you are making the phone calls and you are showing them how it is done. Once you have shown the person for the specific thing that they're responsible for, you move into the second step, which is tell me. So once I show somebody something, I'm then going to move into telling them how to do it because it's different when I go to make an outbound phone call, me just giving you, you just watching me do it has a different weight and context than me telling you, Hey, 
you, you might not have noticed this, but I smiled. The first step is always to smile prior to going on to an outbound phone call because the person on the other end can feel that you are smiling. Like there's actually a difference in your tone when I'm smiling versus when I'm talking like this. Second thing might be, hey, I'm, I'm pushing my shoulders back so that I'm confident when I'm having these outbound phone calls. So then you go into this tell me piece, which ideally has some steps around it. So for any outbound phone call, there should be a 15 point checklist of these are the things you do pre, meaning before you make the phone call, look up the client name, understand their business, maybe check out their website, pre-steps. You have the during steps. Those are, you know, all of the things that they would say, the scripts that they would use in order to complete the phone call. And then the last piece of that would be the post steps. So what does follow-up look like? Every process has before, pre, during, while it's happening, and after, post steps. That is in the tell me part of duplication and training somebody. So once you have gone through, hey, I've had you watch me make this call. Now I'm telling you these are all of the steps and all the things that happened in order for that 20 second or that two minute or that 10 minute call to take place. The third step is let me. Only after you have shown and told do you let somebody go make an outbound call. As you let them do that, you're going to watch them hopefully fail. Hopefully they are failing. It is a good thing. Think of it as a positive that they are not 100% great at it. Because if they were 100% great at it, if they were magical and everything just worked so well and it was ideal, if they were so great at whatever role you've put them in, why did they come to work with you? Because if they could do that on their own and they didn't see you as the leader, as somebody who could guide them, as somebody who can show them, as somebody who's providing opportunity, you're going to have some natural tension and challenge in the relationship. So in an ideal scene, yes, they fail. They're not perfect. They are not you. Know and recognize and be comfortable with that is a really good thing. Stop beating up your team members or beating up yourself that you can't find great people because none of them are like you. They're not supposed to be like you. That's okay. They likely have never done this before in the way that you're asking them to do this, but you've been successful with it. So that is the beauty, the true beauty and opportunity of business ownership. And quite honestly, being a manager, being a leader, what we like to call being a coach. You get to show somebody how to do something. They get to improve. They get to become better at doing it. So in the let me phase, be okay with them at first, the first time they try it, not being a rock star, that's fine. Once you let them, then you move into the fourth step, which is the coach me phase. Feedback can be difficult for business owners to do in a way that it's actually constructive for their team members. You do not wait long periods of time to give coaching. As soon as you let them, especially in that early onboarding phase, you stay engaged with the work that they are doing so you can give almost immediate feedback. Now, here's the funny thing about coaching somebody. You will realize very quickly how good of a job you did in the tell me section because if they in the let me section were just spit-firing and didn't really do what you thought you told them to do, but you look back at the documentation, you might find that it was ambiguous or unclear. That's totally fine. That is part of growing a business. 
process documentation is not fun. No one has ever said, oh man, I can't wait to document all of these processes in order to help my business scale and grow. No one's ever said that. Like this is not an exciting thing. However, when you find that you have a new team member and you're letting them, and then you're moving into coaching them, that documentation is so important to set them up for success. On the 33rd episode of the Work Woman Show, I go into length about how to set up a process tracker, how to actually structure your process so that it is in a format when you're telling somebody what to do that they can understand and the do's and don'ts that I have around that. So definitely check out podcast 33, but tips for coaching. So make the feedback immediate. That's number one. Number two, do not give coaching in a group environment. Coaching should be done in a one-on-one setting. You should share wins you should celebrate all with a group, all with a big team. But when you're course correcting somebody and giving them constructive and direct feedback, it needs to be in a one-on-one setting. Third tip around this, be as direct as possible. Even if they have previous experience, it is your business. So they might be pushing out an ad that They could have done great with that at their previous organization, but it's not on brand with what your organization is all about. Give that feedback, even though they are an expert, even though they have experience and you might fall into the trap of thinking, oh, well, they know best. If you're not comfortable with it, make it so. Direct, be as clear as possible. Say, hey, this is why. Ideally, you're giving a little bit of context, which is my final point. Context for new team members is helpful. Going back to the process pieces, one of the ways that we structure our processes creates that context on the front end. So it doesn't just seem like you're being uh, punitive in the ways that you structure things. In our organization, we require every single team member to do three trainings of this online training platform called Cardinal University every single day. Now, if you're a new team member, you might think, oh, I'm not even a salesperson. And yet I have to train on these three segments and have to is like a real thing in our organization. If you do not, you will get fired. Oh man, that sounds horrible. Well, it could sound horrible, but instead we give the context around it. Hey, we're a training organization and we are here to help you achieve your personal, professional, and financial goals. In order for you to achieve those goals, selling and having confidence is an important aspect of that. And in order to help you learn how to sell and in order to learn, or in order for you to learn how to create confidence, Cardone University is the mechanism that you've likely never been provided before in your previous organizations to get you to start implementing the right practices on a daily, weekly, monthly basis to gain confidence confidence to get the goals that are important to you and actually achieve heightened levels of success. See, all of that context changes the actual ask, which in both cases is still, it's three segments of Cardinal University every day, but it, it feels like there's an alignment instead of you just saying, hey, this is something that everybody does just because I say so. This sequence of show me, tell me, let me, and then coach me truly is the secret to the duplication of yourself. And you will have confidence, true confidence, relinquishing control to your team when you know that there is a systemized way that they are being trained. 
First, you do this as the business owner, then you train your leaders to do this with their teams. And that just duplicates over and over and over again as you hire more people, as you're able to go after bigger opportunities, which frees you from doing some of those things that you really shouldn't be doing at this phase of your business. But maybe you're worried that they're just not going to get done, or worse yet, that they're going to get done the wrong way. Cardin Ventures helps thousands of business owners with these exact challenges every single day. And we would love to get on a call with you in order to go through the specific pain point that you have around this duplication process. Go to cardoventures.com forward slash 10x. That's cardoventures.com forward slash 10x in order to talk to one of our highly trained consultants around the biggest pain point when it comes to duplicating yourself so that we can get you in front of all of these business owners who have had significant successes through implementing these systems that we have to go from 1 million to 5 million in under 12 months. We look forward to being able to talk to you. Thank you for listening to this Workwoman episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please do not hesitate to share this with a business owner or leader who is struggling with too much control in their environment. And don't forget to leave a review down below. I look forward to seeing you next week.